three, two, one, and uh, we're live. Everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Digital Hoos. Um, heavy podcast day. Today's my, this is the third podcast of the day I'll be recording. Hopefully it won't take too long to come out. Uh, interesting guest we have. We have a founder of her own media agency, digital agency, which is something that's awesome because I uh, that's always been a dream of mine. Maybe one day, we'll see. Anyway, we have uh, Aida Sahrawi. Thanks, thanks for being here. Sure, thank you for inviting who me. Who decided one day she's she's done with uh, being an employee and wanted to do her own thing, which that's, is awesome. Yes, right. <laughs> um, one thing I t- I'd like to talk to my guests about, I'd like to understand of the journey of how you got to where you are. So okay. what did you study in university? I, I'm always very interested. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question because what I've studied has nothing to do with Which what is, I'm doing Which is, by the way, like right? 90-something percent of all my guests, including exactly. myself, had, did nothing has to do with their major. There you go. Yeah. So I've done a business school in Algiers, actually, in Algeria, okay. because I'm from there. All right, cool. And then I've, I went to France, studied masters mm-hmm. in, in uh, SMEs that export themselves. So basically international business for SMEs. Okay. And uh, started a few internships there in Paris, um, a bit in France, a bit everywhere in France. Okay. Uh, and got my first job in, in Paris with the Performance Digital Agency. What, what, what was the agency? Uh, it's called Kayad. All right, there's one here. Yes, yeah. there is one here. One of Probably one of the best performance agencies mm. in Europe. Uh, got my first intensive training there. Then you know, head to Dubai and started. Were you doing purely digital at the time or did you go into, did you ever go into offline or? Was Never, all... no, no. It was only performance. This is my specialty actually when you think about it. <laughs> I actually, I actually did a month or two of offline in okay. my first agency okay. and within, within days I realized this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. I was really, I was just boring. Yes. And like when I, there was a digital position, I directly jumped into there because I'm like, this is a lot more interesting. And, and I realized digital is where I belong. This but you, you were got in there just straight from yes from, that's cool. I, I got in it straight away and i loved it all right no, cool it was love at first sight awesome <laughs> yeah and was that uh, what year is that what year was that that was in 2012 actually yes 2012 2012 so like, yeah was that, that was like the time of the rise of programmatic yes. i would say yes yes this is true yeah uh it has been actually rising for for a while back then yeah. but uh when i started we started with uh pay-per-click and not necessarily programmatic uh, buying either okay, you fine. know so very very performance focused were we working on programmatic or were we working on adwords on adwords and on any other platforms okay. like google like who Facebook taught you who taught you how to work on adwords and taught you digital the, terms honestly the agency i was with taught me everything and my okay. curiosity and the love of digital you know always took me into getting into trainings so then i left paris and i came to dubai right so within I, the same company yes within the same company why started, dubai because the initial proposition of job was in Dubai. And, okay. and I thought Dubai, I didn't know much about it yeah, back in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally Googled it yeah. <laughs> and I found some interesting insights. And I thought, why not? You know, I speak Arabic. Yeah, so it's quite, uh, uh, you know, helpful. Joined the team in Dubai. Okay. And we were f- four and grew uh, in five years to 20 people. That's awesome. Yeah, this is how I got uh, into digital, let's say. All right, cool, cool. So funny because I always like to ask people how they how they learn digital because yeah. everyone's very different. Like I never, no one taught me. Okay. So when, when I when I switched from offline to online, I just kind of just did it myself. Okay. I had a cheat sheet. Basically, I had like all the, the glossary of terms, impressions, CTR, mm-hmm. clicks. Mm-hmm. I just printed it all out, stuck it on my computer and be like, yeah. all right, memorize this. <laughs> and just yes. basically memorize it. Yeah, I'll tell you something. I think, you know, there is a lot of, uh, there is a lot that you learn by yourself. Mm-hmm. But the methodology of performance is very specific when you do a lot of a b testing when you go really deep in data that's true you need to you need to know how to do it in a, in a, in a best way and a structure of a company helps you do it in, in, a, in a proper way but then it's up to you to challenge it you know 100%. and do as you're doing you know just you know learning by yourself as well all right fair enough so basically so you, you came to kiad in the ue yes and you spent five years how yes. did you find the agency world here versus for example paris Ah, very was, interesting question. Yeah. Well, in 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 Kiat specifically, we tried to reproduce something that is that was quite similar to Paris mm-hmm. because the people I worked with were great, you know. Mm-hmm. So we had we had the chance of of, of evolving into a great yeah. uh, you know in a great environment. But compared to other agencies, I'd say there is a huge difference, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of uh, culture of, uh, of uh, corporate culture, or the way we, sure, okay. we we focus on our clients, how deep we go in the data and in, in in the work we do actually. There is a huge difference. Like I'm sure. Here, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the, without, you know, saying anything negative, really, the, the interest of the client is not always where it should be, I'd say. <laughs> that's just, you know, like, that's, 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 a, say that's, that's 100% true. Right? Yeah. So it's too bad because yeah. at the end of the day, if a client is happy with you, then, you know, happy with 
the value you bring, he would stay with you for a very long time. That's very, very true. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so because you, you started off AdWords, do you remember when you first got into programmatic? Was it in Paris or was it here? It was here. It was here? Yes. Okay, fine. As, and, and when I said you got into it, did you actually work on the DSP? Yes, yes, yes. We had a lot of clients. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, with DSP and the Google stack. And yeah. we had teams managing programmatic for that. But did you actually work hands-on on? on uh, uh, yes, I did a bit of programmatic DFA? myself. Okay. Yes, yes. Just a bit, not much. Because okay. programmatic has always been um, an interesting, uh, very. You know, very interesting, very, uh, very interesting component of digital. Um, later on, mm. uh, our agency got acquired by Group M, yes. WPP, and the programmatic. And then you had a full, obviously, just like a subdivision of the group taking care only of programmatic. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on programmatic in general? I always like to talk to people about this. What do you think about programmatic? So I think that um, it has been the, the black sheep for a very long time okay. uh, because it has been wrongly used for a very long time. A hundred percent. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I think if it's done properly, it can get really amazing results yeah. from an automation, you know, from the dynamic creative and, and bidding as well. Uh, but I think it has been really wrongly abused Heavily. and therefore everyone is scared from it 100%. the other thing is obviously the abuse in terms of hidden costs and uh, transparency with yeah. the clients right so this is also a big issue uh, that many advertisers since digital is not as i'd say advanced in the region mm. compared to other countries like the us and europe yeah, for sure uh, it have been you know many clients just lack visibility and don't know how to get it you know yeah for me is i'll never forget the first day getting into programmatic i was working on adwords yes so i was doing i was actually running all adwords for my for the clients at the time because we didn't have like an ops team optimity was okay. was kind of small back then so basically i was running adwords and then one day my boss comes tells me hey we're gonna we're gonna put something called aod because um what's called publicist is uh trading this called uh, audience and demand aod yes, yes, yes. A i'm like what's aod like, it's programmatic i'm like well, i don't know what that is <laughs> all right sure just put this put that cpm this many impression all right cool and then i started getting more and more into it and after i left optimedia i went to other agencies worked with other trading desks i think that i don't know if i'd like to hear your thoughts on this is when I, when you're a digital planner right mm -hmm. when you're a planner so you, you were more on the performance side i was more on the planning side yeah, you right. don't really ever interact much with the ad ops team yeah right i would make i would deal with the client i'm client servicing i would deal with the client i'll make the media plan and then i'll pass it on to the ad ops team they'll they'll serve it they'll run it and then back and forth and not and not myself or my colleagues ever really delved into like for example till today and it's it's my and i and i say this and it's my biggest learning gap and it bothers me beyond words is i've never worked on db360 yeah which is, yeah which is too bad right i've never worked on it because when you're a planner yeah. your ad ops team won't give you access yes that's true and when you go client side your agency's not gonna give you access that's very true. the only way i'm gonna have to do that is i'm gonna have to go to a supplier side work, work on dfp yeah that's it yes. and it's very very or I have to go to like performance side but yeah. it's very sad but the thing is most most agency people don't that's true Sam, I think you're raising a very important point here, uh, which is the, the gap between planning and operations. Yeah. You know? How can you strategize something that you, you do not implement yourself mm -hmm. and optimize yourself, you know, right? To achieve the desired results. Uh, now, I completely, I think a planner should be the operational team yes. as well and vice versa, or at least be integrated at some point 100%. to work together. So, I completely yeah. agree. And it used to drive me crazy. And I hate yeah. the things that used, I, I'm a person. I can't go talk to my client about programmatic and talking about yeah. DB360 and talking about DCM and tags. And I've never done it. That's it true. For me, that makes me feel so unauthentic. Yeah. And for me, I hate having gaps of knowledge in, in, in my education. So what I did is I found a solution that kind of pissed everyone off. I would relocate my desk mm -hmm. every week to the trading desk floor because it was a different floor and then sit with them all day and then look over their shoulder and you just yeah. piss them off. Yeah, but I care. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I didn't care. I didn't care. I'm like, I need to learn. <laughs> no course. one's giving me access. No one's going to, you know, there's no, there, I wish Google had a sandbox account, which they don't, which is really dumb of them. Um, I wish they did, but I would have to do that. And I would look over and I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on there? What's, what's the CPU playing? <laughs> hey, man, what's, what's prospecting? You know? And like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting it now. They just push people off by the, yeah. and that's how I learned. Yeah, it was all very like, I still have not physically worked. It really, it drives me crazy. Yeah, today. this is too bad. It must have, yeah, must have, uh, you know, killed them a bit to see that. But at the oh, same yeah, time, to me, the agency should have 
you know, yes. given you at least a view access to the accounts because you have all rights. I don't know anyone agency side has. Yeah, well, they should. That's the, the, see, that's yeah. the other problem. For me, the closest I ever got was view access to DCM, to yeah. pull reports. Yes, that exactly. Was it. That's but it. Pull, but I, I never actually like went on DV360, built an audience, yes. or set up tags. Mm. I had to learn everything myself, watching YouTube videos, looking over people's shoulders. That's annoying, but it, it's always been something I think that, I think it's been a purposeful gap. Yeah. I think it's a purposeful thing. I think so too, but you have to keep something in mind as well. From an agency perspective, yeah. we have a lot of clients who somehow think that by getting the knowledge from the agency they could do it themselves you know and they tried okay. using very sneaky ways to get into our methodology and how we do things okay but our value you know added value is to is to produce this methodology for them of course sharing knowledge mm. and knowing showing them how to do it but never in a full extent of you know or else they wouldn't need anyone yeah. anymore so i am with sharing knowledge mm. as much as possible but the clients also need to understand that, that the value of an agency is to bring these betas and this methodology that is that's going to work very well for them as yeah. well right no, i completely agree and we were when we were touching base on something when you, when you said we, we, you, programmatics used wrong yes. and i completely agree yes. like i've been saying this for years i'm very outspoken about it i think programmatic is great but we, i don't think most of us have not used it correctly yes. one thing i wanted to ask you is when you were working in paris when you guys worked in um when you were in an agency in paris um you're working off an agency fee model was it retainer it depends it depends okay. it depends on uh, a lot of things actually okay. the, the the great things about performance agencies is that the model is very transparent okay you know uh, based on we have a time that we need to spend on certain accounts based on the tasks we need to you know to to, to conduct so we have targets we know the volumes they're going to be a client is going to be spending and we know that managing a, an account that spends 50k aed or 100 or 200k AED yeah. is not the same thing in terms of you know for sure amount spent so uh sorry for, in terms of uh, time spent so based on this we really came up with different you know uh i'd say uh, you know, uh, financial grids. So you have retainers, you also have a percentage of, uh, in, in my case, I'll talk to you later about the agency I've created where we've included a percentage of the revenue, mm. incremental revenue we generate to our clients. So it's a performance-based fee okay. as well. But back then it was mostly, you know, percentage of the media spend, retainer, these kind of things. But it also makes sense somehow because, again, it goes back to how much volume you want to manage. That's true. Right? Yeah. Uh, but again, wrongly abused in many in, in many yeah. cases too, and uh, I think there is a lot of awareness raised today uh, on the client yeah. side as well, which is great. It is. I remember. Uh, actually, what, before I get to this topic, I want to ask you: Is have you seen agency fees as low as this region? I've seen the yeah. agency fees oh here are, are horrific. This is crazy. I worked once on an account where yes. the agency fee was one point five percent. Yes. Um. What's one? what even if you spend a hundred thousand dollars on yeah. di on digital, which is a good amount, of, it's mm -hmm. a lot of money to spend on digital in a month. That means your your agency is making a thousand five hundred dollars. That's yeah. not that's not enough money to pay it's a so salary. True. You can't pay any salaries on that. So, so I'll tell you something. You know the the say that says pay peanuts get monkeys. Yeah, I really believe in it. You know, hundred percent. Um, so a lot of agencies today's uh, today are killing the market, saying that you know you can only take one point five or even. Three five thousand dirhams. What do you do for this when you're a performance agency, when you're supposed yeah. to deliver amazing incrementals in terms of sale volumes, of return on ad yeah. spend, uh, cost per acquisition, you know, specific cost of um, acquiring a customer, etc. These are like metrics that are highly valuable. The amount of work you input to achieve this kind of result has, you know, cannot be rewarded or anything. Uh, for one or for five for peanuts, you know, yes, 100%. it's crazy. Do you think also? Do you think it's like a, I? I can't, I've been trying to look at it and find the crux of this reason, and I think it's like a cyclical problem between the clients and the agencies. The clients, by the way, for some reason, clients are okay paying consultants on an hourly fee or time and material, but then they go to their agencies and want to pay nothing. It's just funny how clients look it's, at it. <laughs> I agree. And, and for me, I think it's a cycle that someone has to change it. Yeah, it's hard. The thing is, clients keep putting their account on pitch so they can mm -hmm. get lower agency fees, right? And then agencies are so desperate for clients, they're willing to do that. But then they're arbitraging so heavily on offline and on, and online that they're making up their fees that way, which in turn hurts the client's uh, portfolio, which in turn makes the client want to go on pitch to find a better agency, but he only wants to pay one percent fee, and it becomes a it becomes a very like destructive, toxic cycle. 
That's very true. How do you think we can break out of this? Because I've yet to I've yet to realize how to break out of this. So honestly, me, you know, because uh, if I give you some background about what happened after mm. Group M and WPP, yes, right? I've started my own agency. Yes. Um, so it's a performance digital agency based in JLT. It's called One. TMCC. W-O-N-E. Yes, W-O-N-E. Thank you. Yes, very important <laughs> spelling. And uh, the only way for us to that we found to break the circle and just get out of this bad cycle is to uh, not accept any client, basically. Fair enough. Stick to our quality. Fair enough. Right? So you tell them, and I'm very clear with them, if you want an agency that takes 5,000 dirhams or 1,000 or whatever, go with them. There's a ton, there's a ton out there. There are a ton of them that... Mm. Everyone now today knows digital. Everyone, mm. you know. And I give digital classes. Uh, we're partners with Astrolabs as well. All right, cool. So I, I really try to share my knowledge and talk to students and fresh grads and head of yeah. brands and marketing, etc. And to them, I told them, guys, if you want cheap, go for it. It's going to cost you more to, you know, try to catch up on any loss that yeah. they've made for you than to actually pay a great partner who will support you, who will awesome. spend enough time, etc. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I want to get into the age why you made your own agency before. That. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, why did you decide after like I don't know seven years with Kiyad, you're like I'm done. I want to have. My, I want to make my own thing. What, yes. what, 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 what triggered that thought in your head? Um, honestly, I woke up one day and I thought I cannot do it anymore. You mm. know, first of all, the thing we've built with Kiyad was amazing. You know, and sure. uh, the acquisition impacted this. Uh, to be to be honest. And uh, we didn't have the same values anymore, you know. So the big corporate values that do not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, give enough importance to the human factor is not something I yeah. will ever, you know, work with. So I decided that, and I and I met my husband back okay. then as well, and he uh, he is himself an entrepreneur. In Does France. he work in media as well? Not at all. Okay, He's fine. in communication and okay, internet and telcos. So based here or based in France? Uh, based in his company is based in France. Okay. He lives he lives here okay. with me. But basically, he started his company on his own when cool. he was 26. And That's awesome. Yeah, and, and then we discussed, you know, everything I'm doing today, I could do it for myself uh, with my own, you know, understanding of values and with the team I could train from scratch and just start something amazing. Yeah. You know, far from all the, everything we mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. You know, with much more transparency, much more focus, etc. So you're like, let's say I'm going to do it. That's it. Woke right, up and I'm like, I cannot do it anymore. I cannot just, <laughs> you know, always just have to stick to what people, right, cool. you know, oblige me to do. So you open up your own agency. Was it just you at the time? Or it did was, you, or did yeah. You, were you able to hire right away or kind of just, was just you? Well, when I started it first, it was just me, okay. to be honest. You know, we started it in uh, Dubai South. This was last uh, year, right? Yes, it was last year. And then we got an, an, a very unexpected investment. Okay. That helped us. Yes, that helped us. Uh, uh, change our free zone and start a new, bigger, you know, uh, I'd say more valuable company in JLT where we hired people and we started the full right, cool. how, many, how many people do you have now? Now we're seven. In That's awesome. Yes, I know, right? That's cool. Growing. What's your team made up of? Um, in terms of like what, what experience, does it, what, yeah, what, no, what do they do? Like, ah, do you okay. have like a search person? Do you have a program? No, so, okay. So one of the values of the company of, of our agency is that everyone should know how to do the, the five pillars of performance okay. marketing so everyone Which knows is, how is, to yes everyone knows how to build a media plan and, mm -hmm. and strategize the channels and media um everyone know, knows how to launch different campaigns based on the best practices okay. across google search shopping ads display mm -hmm. social media etc we have someone who is in board for content, designing okay. content. Okay, wow, you're also doing content as yes, well. Yes, we awesome. had to because a lot of clients asked us for, and it makes sense when you think about it. You know, yeah, We produce content that we use, we A-B test. So it's only, it, it makes sense that we put the call to action X, Y, here yeah, and yeah, there, you know. You should have to wait like three days for some creative agency to so get much. back to you. Exactly. But this digital, the, this designer is also um, an account manager. So he knows okay. also how to awesome. you know, use the content, which is great. We have our head of growth who is there to, you know, bring new business to uh, new selected business. Mm -hmm. I insist on this because we don't want any kind of. No, business. it's OK. I yeah. think I think agencies need to learn how to say no. Yes, I agree with you. I, can, I, I think we need more of no today because yes. if agencies knew how to say no, then clients would understand the value of each agency. Yeah. You know? All agencies want to do is keep saying yes. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, they keep talking about the economical situation. And stuff, yeah, yeah. But it's a bad cycle. That's it, yeah, you know. 
All right, cool. Do you have any? And you have a you have an ad ops team for like programmatic or the actual like account managers also do they also write yes. So the actual right, cool. account manager ha- they have very good knowledge in programmatic. Some right, of them cool. have done it before, awesome. hands on, as well as organic posting. Some of them, for some clients, ask us to manage their uh, their social media pages as well. It's something we really add on the side. It's not our core business, and okay. we insist on this. But it's just because they don't want to have too many agencies dealing with Fair the same enough. thing. So also every account manager knows how to build reports with the right KPIs, okay. how to come up with a full uh, you know, analysis on the data, on the numbers, and present it to the clients, discuss, you know. Very cool. Just How many clients progress. do you have now? Just a number. Like. I have around 10 to 12 clients. That's not bad. Yeah, I know, That's right? That's awesome. Yeah, from, e-com- yes, from e-commerce, really cool, yeah. retail, we have healthcare, um, like different brands in, 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 in skincare, beauty, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's growing. That's super cool. That's um, cool. What DSP do you use? Do you use Google? Yes. Mostly right, Google, right. yes. All right, cool. I want to get your thoughts. Okay, so you guys go, you guys are very transparent. This how, is correct. Like, w- how transparent are you? Like to the point is you give access to the, like what's called the dashboards to the client? That yeah, I'll tell you how transparent yeah, we I'd are. I'd love to know. Completely, very relevant question. We give access to all the accounts. As a matter of fact, we do not create our own accounts. We often use the client's account. Okay. Why? Because... If in any unfortunate way we stop working together, the client goes back with his data. That's, That's he, really nice. that is his at but the what, end of the what day. What do you do about Google? Because I know Google, um, for what's it called, DFA, you need to have a monthly spend yes. limit amount. So what yes. do you do there? So it has to be, that has to be your account, right? Yeah, yeah. And no, for programmatic, is a bit different yeah. uh, because you have it has to be your account with the minimum spend. Yes. Uh, but we give access a view access to the client we give a full dashboard access to our clients real-time dashboards okay you know connected through either data studio or tableau okay um you know also use tableau yes yeah we do and we do it's a transparency it doesn't all i would say it doesn't only concern the the data it also concerns the the time spent and the, the kind of tasks we do so we say weekly reports with everything that has been done what worked what didn't work just really a lot mm. of sharing and communication with the clients. That's really cool. Yeah. And I really like the fact that you, some clients you just turn down. Yeah. So you actually you actually choose what pitches to go to. You're yes. very selective. We are. That's awesome. We Respect. are. And when we see that, you know, when we see that there is something we do not do, we won't invent or just try to yeah. get into the beach just to get it. You know, we... We, we, we like to be focused, basically, yeah. because when you lose focus, you lose quality. 100%. You lose quality, 100%. you know, you close. <laughs> I'd like to know your thoughts. What do you think about programmatic arbitrage? Because I have very strong opinions about this. So I'd like to see your... What's your opinion on it? I think it's, it's a... I think look, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. I hate arbitrage. Okay. But arbitrage is in every... I think it's in every industry, I think, probably. Mm. Right? Import, export, to everything, right? Here's here's my here's my thing on arbitrage. It's again a cycle. Yeah. Agencies accept to do one percent agency fees. You have no other choice to arbitrage. Or you're not gonna be able to pay you can't pay bills. That's true. Right? But and here but at the same time, clients push agencies for low agency fees. So it becomes this ugly cycle. I think clients need to realize the arbitrage exists. You know what, funny enough, I want to go on a tangent here. I started talking about arbitrage in 2014. No way. Yes. Back then. I was asked by a friend of mine who he, he was he was he was he was my director at the time i think or sorry i had changed i don't know he, we, we worked together i worked under him at some point he was my line manager we got very close friends he was told by his superior to tell me to stop talking about arbitrage no way yeah because i was talking about it too openly Mm-mm, not good for the freedom of speech no, here because <laughs> i talk about it very openly i talk about it when i write articles when i go to panel discussions when i when i talk to clients i'm very open about arbitrage yeah. for me but my, my biggest problem with arbitrage is you want to arbitrage? Fine, go ahead. To the point that does not affect a client's ROI. Yeah, well, which it does anyway, right? It does, but it, it does depends anyway. to the, the amount of it, right? No. And I only start to realize the effect of arbitrage after I went to client side. Mm. So when your agency, especially as a planner, you don't see the end result of what That's you do. That's very true. You don't. This is very, very true. My job is to put, oh, yeah, cool. This is a, it's a $6 CPM or a $30 CPL or a whatever metric the client, me and the client agree on. The the, the training director tells me put uh, Schrader Group or tell me put, uh, I don't know, put NBC, put Shahid, whatever. Okay, whatever. I'll put it all. Yes. I do the media plan. I set it up. Adopsy does the tagging, does everything. I'm, and I did my job. Check. Go home. Yeah. I don't see the results of it. I thought, my, I thought it was done. I went to client side. It's been two years client side. I realized everything an agency does is 30% of the journey. Mm. If that... Especially when you have a 
a conversion acquisition lead journey. It's that 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 CPA, whatever you did, that's thirty percent of the journey. Yeah. Because I gotta take that lead, I have to take the acquisition, I gotta take the conversion all the way down to sale. True. It was a seventy percent. And for me is I started realizing every badly bought impression affects sales. That's true. And I don't think we look at an impression the way we should. I, I think we dismiss impressions. We look at impressions as we, we focus too much on leads. We focus too much on conversions. And we forget that everything comes down to an impression. Yeah, and because true. we're buying millions of it, we think it's a volume game. But if we actually take a step back and go, you know what? Wh why shouldn't every impression be the, of the utmost quality? I completely agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. The, the history of impressions is, goes in the sense as well. I mean, programmatic has... Uh, for a very long time been used for impression purposes only, mm -hmm. you know, generate as much as impression as possible. I want to be seen, you know, we didn't care about viewable impressions, mm -hmm. we didn't care about quality impressions. No. And at one, for instance, we mostly use CPC models, by the way. Yeah. We use CPI models for display, obviously, and some specific channels because we have no choice. But still, what's lacking here is to optimize. This mm -hmm. is the keyword here, optimizing. Because when you optimize, whether you buy through programmatic or a classic CPC buying, you know that whatever you're gonna, wherever mm. the data is gonna give you, you have to take it and start a learning curve out of it and avoid whatever is generating a bad impact on the sales. The 100%. bad impressions you're talking about needs to be filtered out as the time 100%. goes by. And people do not do that, no. right? They just stick to a volume no. of impressions or a specific CPM and that's it. That's or, it. You know? For me, it's, for me, it's especially when, always come out like my agency be like, all right, cool, we gave you, okay, we gave you a thousand leads this month, we're done. I'm like, no, you're not done. Yes. Hey, you're not done. Because exactly. those thousands of impressions, those thousand leads you gave me, hey, 70% suck. Exactly. Right? <laughs> that, those, and for me, when I tell you 70% suck, do you know why it's 70% suck? Because your impression buy was bad. You're arbitraging too much. Your arbitrage is way too high, right? You're trying to put that margin. Or some, I've seen margins that go 80, 90, 100, whatever the, the margin. Horrible, yeah. So when you're, so, so you're buying cheap audiences. And what happens is I get a cheap I get a cheap lead, and then my sales team now has to call someone who probably can't speak the can't speak any language. Yeah. I've had I've I've had I've had you know you see things like uh, what's called a lead that was never a lead. You see bought leads, you see fake leads. Very true. And I'm like, this is all it's you know what? it's all reflective of the buy. Very so true. even if you're buying on a CPL, it still comes down to an impression. And if we, and I don't like how we dismiss impressions, and I, it, it really gets on my nerve to see the end result of arbitrage. And I think no. I think it's. I think it's good for an agency person to go client side to see the result of what he did. Of course, because I didn't know either. Yeah. Four years ago, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm doing my job. I'm doing a great job." Then my client side I'd be like, "No, I, I was probably doing it. I was probably doing an okay job. I wasn't doing that. I was doing, doing that great of a job as yeah. I thought." And now I'm really, I'm really happy I went client side because it gave me that understanding into how bad arbitrage can be. Yeah. So back to the question of arbitrage, I don't like it. Mm. I wish we can work on, ideally, if I would have my own agency, I would go to a client and be, listen, what, what, what results do you want? Mm. All right, cool, you want more sales? You want, what, what's, what's your objective? Cool, to do this objective, you're gonna need an account manager, you're gonna need one ad ops team, you're gonna need a creative, okay, you're gonna need these five people. Their hour is this much, one, two, three, four, five, okay, every hour. Now, to work on your account, to achieve this objective, I need 30 hours of this guy, 40 hours of that guy, all right, cool, $10,000. You want me to run your campaigns to your object? I need $10,000 a month. What? Consultants do it. That, and, do. Clients, and clients pay millions of dollars for consultants and they don't even blink an eye. They do, that's true. But when true. it comes to agencies, so true. they don't accept it. And that, for me, true. we have to get out of this cycle. No, I agree it's, with it's you. It's just bad. And I arbitraging is horrible. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think, again, it goes back to the abuse of programmatic as mm -hmm. well. And, um, and today, I think there is more awareness towards where should I go? Where should I yeah. get my results? But the awareness is still not there when it comes to pricing, of course, yes. right? So they want everything for yeah. nothing. 100%. And this is the big, big issue. So uh, yes, maybe switching to a consultancy, label it consultancy, but oh, it's going to be want. a management anyway. Yeah. And uh, and pay the price because you do still need resources to go deep and filter 100%. the impressions, you know, for... 100%. I think this is where consultancy firms have an edge over agencies. Yes. What do you think about Accenture now getting into the media buying world? In America, this is this has been a very interesting topic. Yes, they, they have Accenture Interactive. Um, now they, they acquired Droga Five, yes, so they have yes. Creative. What do you think about what do you think about the future of consultancies in agency world? So to be completely fair, because I've seen it coming as well. Mm. Uh, even at one, we've added a consultancy um, element to our work cool. uh, because what a kind lot of, of consultancy? Um, strategic consultancy okay. on digital, basically. How do okay. you set up a digital strategy that fits into your business global strategy mm -hmm. perfectly in a way that helps you achieve your targets you know okay. 
Now, um, Accenture and other big, you know, firms um, often lack the digital performance knowledge. Okay. I mean, if they hire really good people to manage their um, to manage their uh, their clients from a performance pers- mm-hmm. perspective, whether programmatic or not. It, it will it will increase the competition obviously mm-hmm. um, I'm not against competition I think it stimulates the market I'm just against the fact that it will uh, break the prices for for small agencies because mm-hmm. Accenture will always make money from other projects e-commerce projects that they for will sure. you know just embed into yeah. the digital one and obviously this won't be fair uh, on on us That's true right but um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm against stopping anyone from entering yeah. the market if they're really good at it. And at the yeah. end of the day, if they are delivering results, yeah. they should be playing in the fair, same. Fair enough. Know. For me, I think I think this has been the natural evolution of the industry, right? Yeah. Accenture has been doing something. I wrote an article about this on LinkedIn. Check it out, everyone. Um, it was on LinkedIn? It was on LinkedIn. Sorry, it, was got, it got published on Communicate. Okay. Um, and the, I was looking at it this way. Accenture has been auditing media accounts for a long time. I even worked on accounts where I would send my programmatic media buying. To... So Accenture's kind of learned. I think they've been very smart. I think their Could approach be, yeah. to it has been very smart. They've been watching very quietly and looking at and then auditing our accounts. And they're seeing and they're looking. And I think they've been realizing, okay, there's a ton of money to be made here. And they've set themselves up as consultants. And now, they, now I, like, I like what they're doing because I think it's going to force these old giants in the agency world, the big four, IPG, um, Omnicom, WPP, and Publicis, to change the way they do it. Yeah. Now, what Accenture is going to do is to be risky for smaller agency. Is Accenture is going to come in and be like, we have everything you need. Yes, It's a 360 solution. I could implement your Salesforce CRM. I could implement your marketing cloud solution. I could run it all for you. I can now do programmatic media buying. Hey, look, you know what? You want creative? I got Drogo 5, exactly. one of the biggest creative in the world. Website? I can do it for you as So well. now they're coming in and be like, I can do everything for you. Pay me a million dollars a year. I'll do everything. A to Z for you. You yeah. don't have to do anything. And honestly, as a client, that's very, very appealing. That's tempting if you're a big client. If you're a big budgets. client, that's very appealing. Because yes. it sucks. Like It sucks to have five agencies as a client. Yeah. It's it a bit is. redundant. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a lot of touch. Point, touch. Yeah. Do you think that... Do you see the future of small agencies also moving into a 360 solution, or do you, or do you still like the specialization aspect? I, I love the specialization okay, aspect. I don't think, first of all, all the clients cannot afford big Accenture and other big companies, 100%, right? So 100%. we have to offer them a solution. That's also why we created one. We're not targeting big clients. We're targeting targeting clients with a good vision, yeah. uh, with enough budget to create a value in terms of data. And uh, that be, that believe mm. in, in in the future of digital. But you know? don't you think don't you think your clients would also benefit from a three six solution? Here, I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. I believe, and something I hate, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I think we silo ourselves here. Everyone's yeah. very siloed, not in a productive way, in a very ugly way. For example, when I was client side, when I was agency side, I'll go to a meeting. There'll be PR agency, there'll be creative agency, social media agency, buying agency, whatever agency. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now you have six agencies in the room. No one talks to each other. No one likes each other. Which is not good, of we, course. Of course. And I'm real. And then I, when I, I've, been, I've been formulating my thoughts in the last couple of years. I'm like, that was really dumb. It is. Because think about it this way, right? PR. Let's look at PR. For some reason, PR is looked down upon. Mm. I think in the way it naturally is, and I, which I don't agree with. PR, for example, puts out organic content. Yes. Which is fantastic. Or uh, PR is very good at putting content out organically across the entire thing. Mm. Why don't media agencies put a impression tracker on the organic articles and then retarget off there? So but we don't do that. We end up buying the same impressions that went to the article. So that's that's a that's a silo thing. I, I just realized this a couple of years ago. I'm like, why don't why don't we do that? That's so for true. That, you know, a small agency with a with a PR a small little PR department could do that, for example, yeah. or 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 creative, right? Or anything. Everything's so silo and doing like the same repetitive work. Yeah. So I like the 360 solution, especially for an agency, be it small or big, because I think there's so much more efficiencies there. Yeah. So it's it's a, again a very relevant point here. So I think synergies are very important mm. indeed. Uh, silos have never been a good thing no. uh, however sp- specializing in your core business is very important because sure. this is where you can really um, you know achieve your results now at one for instance uh, when we work with the clients and if you see one of our uh, agency deck uh, uh, you know charts you would see that we work with the client you know we're connected with yes. the client we're connected with every person you know that is uh, connected to the client every team so pr influencer agency the content if we don't do it ourselves mm. the it 
uh, and obviously the business decision maker, which are usually the founders of the company. So we sit with them regularly. We talk, we create synergies. I do not think today I would be able to provide everything under one roof, mm -hmm. but we partner with amazing people in PR and, you know, let's say, let's talk about other offline uh, channels like uh, SMS. I'm not a big fan of SMS. But okay, like some clients that. would want I'll, to do it. I want to talk about that because they think it's it works, and you tell them, guys. No, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's talk about <laughs> SMS. <laughs> we cannot uh, say anything wrong here in no, terms of cursing, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but you know, uh, but just to give you an, an example of creating synergies across SEO, SEA, for instance, from a content yeah. uh, use as well, um, organic to paid, all these things happen with small agencies when they connect with other agencies that are very good in what they do you know this so is how we create you, so you're basically saying you have some clients for example that might have it do you guys do seo as well yes all right cool so you guys might work with an agency that has its own pr has a different pr agency or different social whatever correct and you're finding that there's actually good work is it because you guys are kind of leading that yes we are leading this. Okay, fine. Definitely. So we get them all in one room. Okay, fair enough. We explain that we're all working in the best interest of the client and that we need to share. 100%. Um, I'm not asking them to share the knowledge. I'm not going to share mine into an extent that is, you know, obviously mm -hmm. uh, that would endanger the agency, but we need to work in, in a smart way. You know, we need to be 100%. efficient from a, f this is money and, uh, yeah. and not only money, it's time, which yeah, is highly so. valuable. So. I just always, yeah, for me, it's just that. I started realizing there were so many redundancies, for example, buying, hitting the same impression that saw that PR article or the SEM hitting the SEO keyword. You know what I mean? All that. I'm like, there's so many like wastage of money for clients. Correct. And I wish agencies would just talk more. Now, I think it's easier when you're a smaller agency. Yes. You're a lot more flexible. Very true. The problem with the big agencies, they have big agendas. They have political agendas. We have big agencies that want to, don't want to talk to other big agencies. True. Right? This is another, it's, yeah, it's like it's a whole world. Problem, yeah. But I want to get into SMS and email. Do, do, mm. do you like email? Emailing, I think, is very interesting. I th okay. Emailing from a data perspective shows great conversion rates and great, uh, okay. great data. SMS, on the other hand, is okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's another talk topic. About it. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm gonna disagree. Please I'll tell go you. Ahead, tell so me. when I was an agency side, okay, all right, how would I buy SMS and email? I would go to a third-party provider. True. I would buy a third-party list, and the third-party provider would do everything. Mm. This is wrong. Mm. This is on email and SMS. All right. And I believe it's this kind of wrong practice that has created an illusion that SMS and email don't work. Yeah. But I, when you go to first party side of the equation, first party data, and you control the SMS and email, I think they're highly effective. Yes, of course. I'm not. I'm only talking about third party. Okay, fine. I can, <laughs> Let's I, be honest. Then, then I completely agree. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. I think email. I think email and SMS are first party tools that should never be done through third party vendors. I completely agree. It's with trash. You. Yes. But I think. I think the reason why a lot of people don't like it is because a lot of people have done it this way, including myself. I thought mm -hmm. email and SMS were, were bad, were, were useless. Until I went to client side. Yeah. And we started working on email tools, right? Or marketing automation softwares or marketing cloud solutions where we controlled the first party data and we created customer journeys using SMS and emails. And you start seeing the ROI on those. Definitely, that's that's awesome. It had nothing to do with third party. Yes. Two different things. All right, fantastic. <laughs> now let's go to the next topic. See, we agree on a lot of there, things. There you go. <laughs> um, what, do you th okay, what is your thoughts on third party cookie data versus first party data? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Ah, okay, so I think that in terms of, it goes back to the topic we just discussed, it goes back to the relevancy, right? Mm -hmm. Because it goes back to talking to people who know your brand, yes. who they have entrusted their data with you, you know, um, you can create lookalike audiences, mm -hmm. you can really go deep into, you know, targeting them, talking to them and make them loyal to your brand, you know? Yeah. It also sends us to um, a simple formula of lifetime value, mm -hmm where you do not only stick LTV, to collecting yeah. data yes exactly but you you know build this relationship on, on a long run yeah. um when it comes to third party we're talking about a known territory you know <laughs> so, so it's a bit different i think yeah. in terms of relevancy it's 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 less there mm. uh, but again uh, from a scalability point of view um if you expect lower conversion rates and if you know where where which you know funnel of uh, stage of the funnel you're targeting then uh you you get a clear idea yeah. on where to go I'd okay say. I agree. but i think you have a thought on it as well i, I, co share. I completely <laughs> agree with you though good but here's always been my thoughts agencies we've, we've always functioned on third-party data 
it's what it's what is available to us, correct, right? Correct. You have Google's data, then you have other data sets you can buy for for CPM rates. You have DMPs or whatever, and it was only until as you don't really work much on first party data. I mean, you can through using Google Analytics, uh, Pixels, course, and all yes, that definitely. for sure. But I think agencies always like to revert to third party because especially when you deal with the big agencies, because third party data gives you more room to arbitrage. That's true. That's why we mostly use first-party data. I mean, that, that is music <laughs> to my ears. I think the only purpose of third-party data is to turn into first-party data. Yes, definitely, of course. It's I think the that, ultimate I think if that, it does. I think that's the only use of third-party yeah, data. If it is does. It's to turn into first-party data. Because I, I think only recently clients are starting to realize what wealth first-party data is. Yeah. And only very recently. Very and true. I think it's only started to happen when people like myself come from agency and we go to clients and we start educating. We're like, listen... You got so much data here and you're not using it. You're yes. not using it. It's very sad. Like what you're going out and spending a lot of money to find to get cookie data or whatever. When you can when you, you got free first party data right here. Why aren't you using it? Because they don't think about first of all segmenting it properly, mm. right? And then using it centralizes it in a tool that integrates with different other platforms. Yeah. Um, and they, I, as you say, I don't think they realize the value that can no, come. They don't. Especially that today we have tools that can create audiences with a similar behavior than the yeah. first party that you have you know yeah. and uh with the gdpr and all the laws of uh, you know regulating yeah. the data we've also so seen. do you think do you think the time of the cookie is coming i think it would dying? come at some point yeah. i think so too <laughs> i think it's still here for now but it would it's uh, definitely still here for now but well, i think mm. i think we're getting to the end of it yeah i think we're getting to the end of the third party cookie it's gonna get more and more limited now you have safari who put on more restrictions. Very true, yeah. You have Google's, uh, you know, Chrome has a ton of restrictions. I think only Firefox has maybe left. I don't even know. And I think most of these browsers are now limiting. You have GDPR that's limiting. Um, so I think third party is slowly dying. And I think this, mm. is the, I think this is the time for the rise of the first party, which I'm loving. Yes, but I love again, first party. Yes, yes, I completely agree with you. Me too. I love it. Uh, um, in, in terms of, as we said, relevancy and targeting, it's perfect. But think about it from... Uh, from capturing and talking to new users and mm -hmm. from a targeting c c capability as well, you know. Today, the platforms give you this opportunity to target sure. because they collected and classified us, sure. <laughs> you know. Um, if this stops, uh, which could, could very, very soon happen, you know, what would be the targeting capabilities that uh, clients would have at the end of the day Second to talk to the data. people? Yes, exactly. But then in terms of scalability, what can we do with it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I love, I love this conversation. <laughs> I think there's a problem with second party data in this region. I don't think anyone understands it. Yeah. I don't think anyone. I'm telling you from my experience. So when I when I went over to client side, even from even from agency days, do you guys have a DMP? Yes. Which DMP do you use? No, we use, mostly we use all Google Stack. Okay, fine, cool. Yeah. So I've worked mostly on the Oracle Blue Cloud DMP. Mm -hmm. really, it's a good DMP. Uh, there's Crux, New Star. Uh, there's a ton of DMPs out there. I think Adobe has one as well. There's a ton of DMPs out there. That's true. And uh, here's my problem. So second party data, for people who don't know, is basically first party data from someone else that they sell to you. And when I say sell data, it's not like they're giving your name or, you know, it's not. It's, it's cookie data. It's anonymous data. It has to do with your behavior. For example, you go to Dubizzle. You search for, I don't know, apartments of, I don't know. You look for you're looking for apartments, right? So your behavior is showing that you're a person looking for apartments of this range like, that reflects your income range, blah blah blah. You're female, male. Okay, cool. All this data belongs out to Dubizzle. That's first part of the data of Dubizzle. If Dubizzle then sells that data to Amar, for example, that becomes Amar's second party data. Correct. The fact is, no one's doing that. It's driving me crazy. I'll tell you, I've been I've spent the last three years, three years, going to supplier to supplier, telling them sell me data, sell me data. Hmm. And no one's getting it. And it's driving me crazy. What do they tell you? They okay, have I, get, the right two, I get two answers. Yes. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, that's a bad one. <laughs> that, that's one. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Or we don't know how to cost it. Oh, my God. Okay. They don't know. Suppliers sadly don't know. I'm talking about the big suppliers. So they don't tell you it's a confidentiality issue. They tell yeah. us it's a costing it's issue. It's not a confidentiality. It's yeah. enormous cookie data. Yes, There's no PII. Mm. Um, my point goes like this, right? Let's say, you go, let's say, let's say you're a, I don't know. Let's give me a masculine product. You're selling, I don't know, men's watches. What? Yeah, I was men's about watches. Watch too, actually. Cool, yes. men's watches. Fantastic. Now, your research or whatever shows that sometimes women buy for their men. 
That's correct. Watches. And that's a good birthday present, right? Very true. My wife is listening. Buy me a present. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and so let's say you have a website, let's say like Leolino. Yes. No, I'm. Mm-hmm. Female-oriented websites. Now, if you put an ad there for a man's watch, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant as per the uh, per the realm of it. The understanding, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if a woman's there reading about, I don't know, something to do with lifestyle or maybe some female purchases or whatever, bridal things, she doesn't want to see a male's watch ad. It doesn't, it's not relevant to her in the moment. Yes. But she might be a, a relevant person because she might want to buy a gift for her husband or her boyfriend. Fantastic. So I, I go up to Leilina Noah and be like, listen, sell me data for women 20 to 35, blah, blah, blah. I give them what I need. Build a taxonomy. So I, I don't even have to, I'm not going to do anything. You build the taxonomy, send it to me, put a $2 CPM on it of data, and then I will target that customer when she is searching for a watch. Exactly. Whoop, overhead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm you're like, talking I'm like, about. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, listen, you're never going to get revenue from me because yeah. I'm a man's watch brand. You're a female-oriented lifestyle brand. Uh, I'm not going to give you any banners, right? I'm, I'm tired of banners. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to buy your MPU. I'm not going to buy your leaderboard. But I'll buy your data. Yeah. So you went from having zero revenue from me to having now $3,000 a month from me because exactly. I'm buying your data. Exactly. No one gets it. It's interesting. From the biggest supplier to the smallest supplier. I spent the last three years. It's like hmm. I'm speaking, it's I like I'm an alien. definitely keep trying. <laughs> I'm trying. It's and worth it. It's not there. I had one supplier said they'll do it only if, they, if, if I include a banner deal with it. I'm like, I don't want to buy banners. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Can we all agree that no one wants to buy banners anymore? Can we all agree that I'm not going to call a supplier and be like, hey, I need an MPU? No. Let's all agree. data. That's true. Let's all agree that let's, let's, let, let's let the MPU that's and true. the leaderboard, <laughs> the, the banner buying, direct buying. Can we, let it, can we all agree as a collective industry, <laughs> agree to let it, to let it die? <laughs> Okay, it's like the dodo bird. It's time it goes extinct. Let's uh, die. (laughs) Done. It's done. What are are your thoughts? That's that's my rant about second party. I completely agree, actually. (laughs) I totally agree with you. (laughs) I think the fight should go on. I'm trying. (laughs) Please try. I'm trying. It's just just like I'm speaking a different language. (laughs) Um, Cool. I want to get into now. I think it's time we should start wrapping up. So what do you think? What's the future for one? What, ah. what, 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 what does one stand for anything or just one as in I want something? What, what's the, what it's the name one for one, for to win, for one team. All right, fine. So many, 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 many things, right, many different things. What's the future now? Uh, the future for one is to stay strong Cool. Uh, in an economical situation that is not easy for anyone nope. here. To, co- to keep pushing for quality, mm-hmm. to keep selecting clients. Um, from a team perspective, we would like to keep growing in okay. a very smart way. Not too fast because a fast growth has a very bad impact on uh, on the quality. Again, we've sure. seen it. I've seen it previously happen, you know, and um, and keep challenging, you know, yeah. keep challenging and disrupting the, the industry. Go for it. Uh, keep, you know, going deep into the data and showing what one is capable of. You awesome. Know? <laughs> uh, how do you how do you guys market yourselves? I'd like to know. How do you, how do you, or is it kind of like you, you wait for pitches and you go or are you, are you guys putting content out there? Are you, are you are you building a personal brand? So we're doing, yeah, very interesting questions. All these. So we're doing a few things okay. here. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm indeed building a personal brand. They have great people in my team who support me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, thanking Anas here. Shout out. Gonna be, uh, <laughs> shout out to Anas. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Shout, shout out, out to Anas. Anas. Thank you, Anas, for, for yes, uh, connecting us. Right. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's awesome. And, um, you know, so yes, personal branding, but also... We've added the consultancy coaching part where we I'm gonna okay. I'm giving classes across the GCC. Um, we're gonna you know animate a lot of conferences. Uh, coaching about what? Uh, coaching about digital performance. You okay. know how should you, what the do's and don'ts about digital performance. Are you doing this through Astro Labs or through your own? I'm doing this through Astro Labs for now, okay, and some other independent cool. uh, people ask me to actually support them with this. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Go and. Uh, Digi Marcon is coming the conference I'm going to give yes. a master class there oh, in October it's going to be amazing do you know if they're doing any panels because I want to get uh, I, I reached out to them but no one got back to me if they're doing I know they're doing keynotes I can check if you want I don't like keynotes yeah I don't like doing keynotes I like doing panels yes panels uh, are very interesting I think the master classes as well are good because okay. it's an extra knowledge for the people who come visit that's when, us that's uh, November right yes alright very yes, cool yes 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 um, and um, a lot of upcoming classes with Astrolab. Okay. So it's called the DM, it's Digital Marketing Tracks. It's okay. a, a week of learning about digital. So we go through Google search, we go through social media cool. content, Are you SEO. Doing all no, we're different coaches okay, and different trainers, um, uh, instructors in okay, different, fine. you know, specialized fields. And, uh, you know, I, I love talking to people, interacting with people. I think it's very cool. cool. So, how are you going about building your personal brand? A lot of PR. Okay. 
a lot of producing content. All right, cool. Um, what kind of content are you producing? Uh, classes mainly okay. classes are you, are you recording well. these are you dropping are you making video content yes video content uh writing articles as well and blogs uh we are have you, a blog that we're gonna keep okay. uh, are you calling it is it after you or is it after the company what, what's what's called so it's after it's after the company i'm gonna add it on the website soon because i'm building okay. the content now we hired a pr agency to do the whole you know bios and stuff and um and yeah so a lot of uh, people are getting interested in well, this. how about building your personal brand like Heidel? Yeah, so Aida is, is the founder of One, right? So yeah. anything that I do goes exactly. through One, right? And uh, all the PR I'm doing and all the classes is also Aida related, you know? All right, so are you, so are you, are you going to look at building your Instagram, your kind of thing? Is that the plan? Yeah, so we already have, um, I already have a very strong LinkedIn with a lot of contacts. Yeah, you look at awesome. there, right? Yeah. Your LinkedIn is really, you yeah, want? you're connected to me on LinkedIn, right? Yes, we are. Very uh, good. No, your LinkedIn is really cool. That's how, it. how about uh, Instagram, Twitter? Yes, definitely. Twitter is there. Um, Instagram is through one. Uh, okay, I should fine. start one uh, more personal, but I publish through one anyone, you know? No, I think you should start your own you should. one. Okay, cool. I I'll definitely do recommend it. What's Thank your, you for what's the your, tips. What's your Twitter handle? So it's Aida. Uh huh. Try Aida Sahrawi. It should be there. S A H. Yes, R A O U I. Don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll get it for you. We'll make sure to include it. Uh, but definitely think you should build a, a personal brand. Yes, it's important, isn't it? I really think so. I think you yeah. should have your own Instagram. Um, and you know Gary V? Yes. That's what he He's does. He's amazing as That's well. That's what he does. He's he, great. It was his personal brand. That's very true. He, he never talks about, uh, he never talks as Vayner. He talks as Gary. He does. And the reason why Vayner gets a lot of clients is because Gary's there. I think you should do that. I agree with I think you. you have, I think you have some interesting things you're doing. And I think you have some interesting points. I think you should, I think you should put you out so there, build much, your content. Sam. I like the encouragement. Yeah. And you know, people bite into people big time. 100%. And do you, uh, your articles do you have anything published yeah so yeah yeah i do i, I can share some links with you actually yeah, sure. you can add them well, which the... uh, which uh, magazines do you put on so the last one we did was with entrepreneur middle east okay uh, we're gonna co- we're gonna have a lot of new ones coming up soon uh definitely try do you do communicate campaign arabian marketer uh, we do paid search ads okay uh, we're gonna start some social media ads as well because see it all goes back to the you know, put, to the I'll smart you, growth I want. I'll put you in want. touch with the editor I work with and communicate. Okay. So I release op-eds every month. I try to release one. Okay. I, I try to write an article all the time, but it's, it's getting harder and harder to release. It takes a lot of drafting and stuff. Yes. So I have like around eight articles I've been working on. I need to get them done. And I want to start doing now weekly articles. All interesting. <laughs> oh, uh, ever done any, uh, how about podcasting? So you're my first one, actually. Okay. I'm so glad to be here with you yeah. today. I think you should do more. I think so, too. Yeah. Why don't you guys host your own podcast in the office? <laughs> oh, my God. You want us to do everything, uh, don't do you? Do everything. I'm going to turn you guys into a 360 solution. I'm going to get solution. you in the company. I need I'm, you. I'm going to turn you guys into a 360 solution company. In Just one day. In one day. <laughs> in anyway, one day, literally. Um, but no, seriously, many podcasts are coming up. But uh, yeah. started with you, and I'm very awesome. glad. Awesome. I'm really happy. Very happy uh, to meet you. you. So everyone hearing this, you got the first look. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So to reach out, you have, it's Aida Sahrawi on LinkedIn, uh, oneagency.com. Is it? Dot .ae. Dot .ae. Correct. And uh, you guys have... And uh, just search one... Just search uh, one agency. Yes. So if you guys are interested in hitting up the one agency CXP. for business, hit it up. If you just want to talk to Aida and ask her questions, hit exactly. her up. Yes. Uh, she has some cool content on her, on her, on her LinkedIn. Um, we'll make sure... I'll take all the links. I'll make sure. Yes, well. yes, guys, yes. check out the description. Uh, we'll have Thank all the links, so much, everything. Yeah. I think LinkedIn is the one where I share the most updates as well. Yeah, LinkedIn so is awesome. Please stay tuned I on absolutely LinkedIn. love yeah. LinkedIn. All the master classes. The yeah, guys, check out the master classes. Um, if you guys want to go to a master class of hers, it's with Astrolabs. So if they yes. go to Astrolabs, they can also find it there. Yes, or they get in touch with me straight away. I can get them some cool discounts. All right, guys, well. so get in touch. <laughs> Everyone get discounts uh, with Aida on LinkedIn. And guys, for the podcast, we are now everywhere um, on 11, 10, 11 plus sites. Amazing. We're on Rami. Shout out to Rami. And uh, yeah, I'm Hassan Al Haj, H U W S A M. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active there. I try to post as much as I can. I try to post once a day, so it's a bit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, Twitter is Digital Who's. And that's basically it, guys. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the feedback. And we are out.